Hello and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. Hello everyone, my name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. Thanks for being here today. Really appreciate that. Um, we're going to just jump right into the message uh, today. So I grew up in Michigan. Anybody else here grew up in Michigan? Just a couple people over here. What? We're not going to talk about the game last night. We're just talking about where we grew up. It's all right. It's all good. Um, so for those of us that grew up in Michigan, we know this term really well. It's called up north, you know. And so I grew up going up north for vacations, for holidays, um, things like that. And uh, basically, up north means anywhere north of Grand Rapids. So if you go north of Grand Rapids, that's considered up north. The, the country, the scenery changes quite a bit. A lot of pine trees. It's really pretty up there. And so up north, there is a river called the Pine River. And here's a picture of my son, Ben. Uh, we went canoeing down the Pine River one time when he was younger, did a couple nights. And uh, the Pine River is known for its rapids. Uh, in the spring, when the water is, you know, the snow is melting, uh, the water gets really fast. It can get to be a little bit dangerous. And so when I was growing up, I was younger than Ben in that picture. I was probably five, six, or seven years old. And uh, my parents took us canoeing on the Pine River. So my two older brothers were in one canoe. I was with my mom and dad. My mom was in the front. My dad was in the back. And I was just sitting in the middle, all right? They just kind of sat me in the middle. And my mom and dad didn't know what they were actually doing, OK? I think this was the first time they had ever gone canoeing. And they picked the Pine River. I think it was in the spring uh, because there were rapids. And so they sat in the canoe. They had their camera out sitting on the seat beside them. They had the. Uh, like snacks sitting out, a cooler, their glasses, probably had a map laying around. And so we were just paddling down the river, and I was sitting in the middle, five, six, seven years old, and I'm just looking at the trees and having a great old time. You know, we're just having fun, just floating down the river. And then we turned a corner, and we hit these things called rapids, all right? And it changed things a little bit. So... Um, my mom and dad started to have conversations back and forth, you know. Uh, I don't remember exactly the words that were being said, but they were getting louder, you know, as, they, as we went along. And, uh, and the, the canoe was tipping around a little bit more. And we got to a point where we were coming around a corner, and we we're pretty much out of control. The water's going really fast, and the river's taking us wherever it wants to. And so we're on the side, uh, close to shore, and there was a, a tree hanging out over the water. And so it's coming to hit us, you know? We're, we're coming to go right underneath it. And so I think we all had the same idea at the same time, which was we all leaned to the left, you know? And if you ever do that in a canoe, you know what happens? It just flips right over, right? We just flipped right over. And so we hit the cold water. It was very, very cold in the spring. And, uh, and I remember just 
feeling like I'm either going to die or I'm going to sink to the bottom. I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, I'm pretty sure I didn't have a life jacket on at the time. And I jumped up on the top of the canoe. And I'm just like five, six, seven years old. And I'm clawing my way across this canoe that's upside down and it's flipping. And I got to the other side and just leapt over to the shore and grabbed onto a branch or whatever and uh, watched my mom and dad you know, stop and get off, and, and then they got the canoe out and pulled it off to the side of the shore. But I remember this event pretty clearly because it was pretty traumatic to me. You know, those childhood traumatic events, I was pretty sure I was going to die. And I, and I had two specific feelings during that time. The first one was terror. Man, I just, I was terrified, you know, when we went into the water, I was on my own, I went under the water, I think I even hit like the canoe, you know, at first underneath the water, and then I just had that terror of just, I am getting out of the water, right? And so I was sitting on the shore, and the second feeling that I remember was, I was mad. I was mad at my mom and dad because, you know what, they should have known better, right? They should have known what they were doing. They put me in the middle of the canoe and just flipped me into the water. They certainly didn't take care of me at all. And, you know, children need to be taken care of, right? They, and I felt like that they weren't looking out for me at all. So in life, in life, we're going to be in these situations, whether we're a young child or an older adult or somewhere in between, where life can get out of control and we need someone to take care of us, right? I mean, sometimes we need someone to take care of us and protect us from a dangerous situation. Sometimes we need someone to take care of us or protect us from dangerous people. And then there are those times when we need someone to even protect us from ourselves, from some of the decisions that we might be making. I came across this video. It's a news story uh, this past week. And so why don't you check this out? We're getting a look at new surveillance video showing a high school coach's encounter with a student armed with a shotgun. The student brought the gun to Park Rose High School in Portland, Oregon last spring. Football coach Keenan Lowe saw the student and disarmed him. Coach Lowe then grabbed the young man and hugged him. Lowe spoke to our CBS affiliate in Portland, Coin TV, shortly after it happened. I was there to, to save him. I was there for a reason. Um, and that, you know, this, this is a life worth living. Remarkable. Students at Park Grove High School say Lowe was a true hero. So sometimes we make decisions in life and we need someone looking out for us to save us, to protect us from ourselves. And that student was making a very poor decision that day and the coach came along and saved him from himself. From himself. That coach was looking out for him. See, in life, we're going to be in those situations where we're a little out of control. Life takes us around a bend and throws us into the water. Or maybe we make some decisions that get us, you know, in a bad situation. But we need someone, or maybe I'm the message for today, we need God to take care of us. We need someone to rescue us, to watch out for us. So we're starting a new series today all about that. It's called Psalm 23, Discovering How God Cares for Us. And Psalm 23, you might recognize it by the number, but you would probably recognize it by the first verse, the Lord is my shepherd. 
We're going to be studying this over the next several weeks. But the, uh, the scripture is all about God as our shepherd. King David wrote it. And King David knew what he was talking about when he's talking about the shepherd and sheep because he was a shepherd. When he was anointed king over Israel, they had to actually go get him out of the fields because he was watching the sheep that day. And so he understood this. And so he writes about this in the scripture. And shepherd and sheep is pretty common back in the Bible days. It was mentioned in the Bible. The shepherd was mentioned 66 times. Sheep was mentioned 196 times. And so when King David says, the Lord is my shepherd, immediately there was an image that came to most people's mind. They understood that. And they could, they could relate to it. But it's a little more difficult for us because I don't know about you, but I've, I don't even know if I've ever petted you know, a sheep or if I have even talked to a shepherd before. Um, so to, through this series, we're going to be studying what it means to be a shepherd. And we're going to be studying what it was like to be a shepherd over sheep. And as we read these verses, we'll have a very good understanding of what King David was saying when he was acknowledging that God watches over us like a shepherd, like a shepherd. So we're going to be um, going through this chapter verse by verse over the next six weeks. Uh, but we'll be in Psalm chapter 23. And you can turn there in your Bible if you would like. It's on your handout. It'll be up on the screen as well. But what I'd like to do is uh, to introduce this series. I'd like to read the entire Psalm 23 together out loud. And uh, just acknowledge that if you memorized this as a child, like in Bible school, uh, it was probably the King James Version or the older NIV. And so these, this is out of the newer NIV. So it might not be exactly the way you memorized it. Um, but try to read it with us, because I know I will sometimes go back to the King James Version as I'm reading it. Okay, so let's all read this together. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever." And today we're going to be focusing on verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. But let me pray, and then I'll give you a couple of things you can fill in on your handout. So Father, we come to you right now, and we recognize that we need a shepherd. We may not always recognize that or understand that, but we need a shepherd. And we thank you, God, that you're willing to take care of us, to watch out for us, to protect us, God. And so I pray today, Lord, that you would open up our hearts and minds to receive from you and that you would help me to communicate your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so you can fill this in on your handout. Point number one, we can trust that God will care for us because we are his prized possession. 
We are his prized possession. Verse 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. It doesn't say the Lord is a shepherd. It says the Lord is my shepherd. That implies relationship. That implies possession. It's, the, it's like saying someone is a dad or a mom or a son. It's very different than saying that person is my dad or my mom or my son. And so when we say the Lord is my shepherd, that also implies that we are his sheep. So if he is ours, then we are his as well. James 1.18 says, he, talking about God, chose us, I'm sorry, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth. God chose each and every one of us. And Deuteronomy 26.18 says, and the Lord has declared this day that you are his people, his treasured possession. And so when we choose God, when we choose to let God be our shepherd, and we say, you are my shepherd, then he turns around and says that you are his people, his treasured possession, his treasured possession. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. We are God's special possession, his prized possession, each and every one of us. In the book of Matthew, Jesus tries to explain this to his disciples by talking about a sheep that wanders off. This is in uh, Matthew 18, verses 12 through 14. He says, what do you think? If a man owns 100 sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. Again, he's talking about shepherds and sheep. And I think it was easy to understand when he explained that. Because they would say, so a shepherd was out with 100 sheep, and they could picture that. And at night, when they're going back into the pen, they would be counting the sheep and going, OK, 98, 90, 99. We're missing one. We're missing one. So then he'd go back, and he'd count again. And he'd go, we're missing one. So we only got 99. Now, you would think, well, he's got 99, so he would just like hang out with the 99, go to sleep, call it a day. But that's not what the scripture says. Scripture says that, no, he puts them in a safe place, and then he goes off into the mountains, into the fields, and he looks, and he looks, and he looks for that one sheep. And when he finds that sheep, he doesn't say, oh, that sheep <laughs> finally got you. Let me wring your neck. That's not what it says. It says he rejoices. He's so happy that he found that one sheep. That's how God cares about us. Man, he is super excited about all of us. Don't get me wrong. He loves the 99. He loves the 100. But, but he loves each one of us individually so much that he would go after us 
And he would search after us if we wander off. And I don't know about you, but there's been those times I've wandered off. I'm so glad that God went after me. And he found me. The reason he does that is because we're his prized possession. We're priceless. We're not expendable. Now, for some of you, that may be hard to hear, that your God's prized possession is special possession. Um, because in our society today, there's a lot of voices out there telling us that we're really not that great, right? I mean, it doesn't take very long to get on social media and start comparing your life to somebody else's life, and you realize, man, my life's just not that great. Or maybe you grew up in a home, a broken home, where mom and dad didn't stay together, and, and really what happened was they just fought about you all the time. And it didn't feel like either one of you, either one of them wanted you. See, that can speak volumes to us, and we can, it can make us feel like we're not that special. We're not that important. But that's not the way God sees us. God sees each one, and each one of us as an important and precious possession. He loves each and every one of us. But I know that sometimes we can hear it here, but it just doesn't penetrate the heart. We can, we can read it, and it just doesn't maybe make sense here. So what we're going to do, we're actually going to take a few minutes and do an exercise. This is an exercise that we do many times when we're walking people through healing, and we'll walk them through this prayer. So what we're going to do is we're going to just all close our eyes, and we're going to listen for God, all right? Now, it might seem awkward, because it's gonna, just going to be quiet in here for a couple of minutes. Nobody's going to be talking. And uh, I'm going to pray a prayer and ask God to speak to us. And so your responsibility in this is just, just simply to relax and to receive from God, all right? So everybody, just close your eyes. Let me pray. And then we'll just wait on God. So Father, we come to you, and we thank you for your scripture. Father, we are your treasured possession. But this, the voices of this world can cloud that. And you know, you know how we think about ourselves, each one of us. When we look at ourselves in the mirror, what we see. But God, today, today, I, I just pray that you would reveal truth to each one of us. As we silence ourselves and, and seek to hear from you, God, I pray that you would show us how you see us, Father. Reveal what we look like and who we are to you, I pray. So we're just going to take a minute and just wait on God. Okay, you guys can open your eyes. So did some of you hear from God in that? Just kind of nod your head if that was you. Some of you, yeah. Um, my experience has been that when we wait on God like that, it usually takes a little longer than what we just took there. 
But I've also been in those situations where God can speak to us really quickly. So this past week, I was putting this message together. And so I just prayed that prayer and said, God, how do you see me? Just kind of show it to me. And I saw pretty quickly an image of a, um, a little boy learning how to hit a ball. You know, he had a baseball bat in his hand. And then there was a, a loving Heavenly Father who was just helping him do that, just a loving father. And it was my Heavenly Father. I was the little boy. And the image that I got was that God was helping me like swing a bat. And the reason that's significant to me is because there isn't anything that I'd rather do than to teach my kids how to play sports. I love coaching them and helping them when they were growing up. And when I was doing that, time would just fly by. You know, I'd have a smile on my face where I'd be keep coaching them. Sometimes I was stern. But the image was important to me because God was telling me in my own language, I love spending time with you. I love spending time with you, even if it's teaching you how to swing that bat again. Because <laughs> you know? I need a lot of coaching in life. And it was really good for me just to see that image and know that God's enjoying the time that we spend together as he's coaching me in life. So for you, you know, it might take a little bit more time to, to have God kind of show you something like that. And so what I would encourage you to do is consider coming on Tuesday nights to our prayer room. We just open up the auditorium, play some soft music. And it's an opportunity for you just to sit and be quiet before God and have a conversation with him and let him speak to you. Because sometimes it takes more than a couple minutes to quiet our minds to be able to receive from God. But also, I just would encourage you, if you've never heard from God, or if your image of yourself is so negative, you have a hard time receiving the words that you are special, you are precious, come up after service and let us pray with you. Let our prayer team pray with you. We can have conversations. If you want to go into more prayer, we can do that as well. But here's the deal. It doesn't matter how much we mess up in life. Because there's some of you today who are, when you look at yourself, you just see your past. And I just want you to know that that's a lie. Okay? Our past does not define who we are. Our actions cannot define us. God created each and every one of us as a special treasured possession. He loves us. And yeah, we make mistakes. But he just comes along and corrects us. But his love for us doesn't change. And his his heart for us doesn't change in any of that. But if you need someone to come alongside of you and help you pray through that, to be able to see yourself the way that God sees you, I would encourage you, come up. Let us pray with you. Contact me. We'll set up a time as well, okay? All right, so we can trust that God will care for us because we are his prized possession. That's point number one. Then here's point number two. We can trust that God will care for us because he is good at what he does. He's good at what he does. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I just love that. I lack nothing. I mean, it implies that God is like the perfect shepherd. He does everything perfectly so that we have nothing of lack, right? When God takes care of us, he does it perfectly. 
And I would also say that it's really easy for him because God can do anything and he does it all really, really well. Here's a quick video of somebody that does something really, really well. So watch this video. You guys all know that one, right? No? All right, so who can do that really well? Just show me your hand. I got no one. They must have heard about last service when I made him come up here and do it, right? <laughs> well, that is the backpack kid, I guess. He's the one that started the video craze over doing that dance. And he's really good at that. You know, now I'm guessing he's probably not really good at everything in life, he's, but he's really good at that. And we can be really good at something, but let me tell you about God. God is really good at what? Everything. So when it comes time to take care of us, how good of a job do you think he'll do? I mean, he's, he's pretty good. He's better than, I mean, if he did the floss right now, and you, it'd be really good. It'd be better than that. Everything that God did and everything that he's going to be doing and everything that he wants to do for us is perfect. He is perfect. God is really good at what he does. Jesus was describing himself as a shepherd in John 10, 11, and 13. And here's what he says. He says, I am the good shepherd. He could have said, I'm the best shepherd. But he just says, I'm the good shepherd. And then he goes on to define what he means by the good shepherd. He says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So I love this analogy because you think about it, you have a shepherd, you have sheep, a flock of sheep, and then you have a wolf that's coming in. And that's pretty dangerous. If you get between a wolf and its food, that's a dangerous place to be. And so the hired hand, the shepherds who are just hired to do a job, they're like, my life is worth more than dying for these sheep, so I'm going to just leave. And Jesus says, that's not the way I am. I'm the good shepherd. I'm going to stand between the wolf and, and you, and I'm going to protect you. Even if it costs me my life, which we all know it, it did. To save us, Jesus had to give up his life. But Jesus is good at what he does. And so there may be something in your life, you're like, I don't know, God. It doesn't seem like you're, you're taking care of me in this. Well, I would say he's the good shepherd. He's perfect. He knows exactly what each and every one of us needs, and he knows how to take care of us. Here's the question. But am I letting God shepherd me? Am I letting God shepherd me? Am I letting God take care of me? Because he's perfect, 
He's really good at it. We're his treasured possession. He wants to take care of us. But if we don't feel like we're being taken care of, maybe, just maybe, we're not letting God guide us. I don't know about you, but I've been there in my life. I've been like, all right, God, I'm, I'll let you handle this part over here. But when it comes to my finances, I think I'm pretty good at it. So I don't want you in that. So I'll just take care of that. That's like a sheep that wanders off, thinks that the grass is better over here, that I know better than my sheep, than my shepherd. I'm, I'm going to go over here. And then we find ourselves in a bad financial state. We find ourselves hating our job. We find ourselves, you know, just living paycheck to paycheck. And the whole time, God is saying, I can, I can help you with that. <laughs> Come here. Let me, let me have control of your finances. Or maybe it's a relationship. You're like, okay, God, you can help me with my finances. But when it comes to my relationship, whether it's my spouse or if I'm dating someone, I'm like, I can handle that. Don't, I don't want you involved in that because I'm good at that. And then, again, we're like a sheep that wanders off. And we find ourselves in the briars, just all bruised and beaten, and it's just a bad situation. And again, God's like, I'm really good at this. <laughs> I know what you need, and I, you can trust me because I love you. You're my treasured possession. But God's a gentleman. He's not going to go and take control of us, even when he knows what's best for us. We have to submit to him. Each one of us has to submit to him. And when we, when we get compared to sheep, it's, it's really for a reason. Sheep, sheep wander off and get themselves in trouble a lot. In fact, sheep, they can't even protect themselves. Um, they have no way of protecting themselves from a predator. Their only hope, their only hope is the shepherd. But sometimes we think we know better. We think we know better. But that will get us into trouble. Here's the, your last fill-in. All sheep need a shepherd. That's a simple truth. Each one of us, each one of us needs a shepherd. And God is willing to be that perfect shepherd for us. But we need to be willing to follow him. We need to be willing to follow him. And not just in one area of our life, in all areas. And let me just tell you, one of the things I love about God is that he loves us where we're at. He knows where each one of us is today. And he can look at our life and go, okay, Clint, you're doing okay here and here, but here's all the things that you need to work on. But you know what God does? He doesn't just like take all of those ways and just throw it on top of you and say, here's all the things you're messing up on. He doesn't do that. Because he knows it'll just discourage us. So what does he do? He just says, hey, you're doing good here, but here's, here's your next step. I need you to do this one thing. Okay, I need you to work on this one thing. And then as we say yes to that and go, okay, God, I'm going I'm to let you manage that part of my life. I'm going to submit to you. He goes, that's good. That's good. Now here's the next thing. And here's the next thing. And here's the next thing. And that's the Christian walk. Each one of us is on a direction. We're on a path where God is leading us to become just like his son, Jesus. But none of us have arrived. 
But every one of us, every one of us is on that path. And it's up to us to say, okay, God, I know what you're saying. I know you want me to give up this one area. Okay, I'm going to give it to you. And he goes, all right. I'll help you with that because he's a good shepherd because we all need a shepherd. Okay, that's point number two. We can trust that God will care for us because he is good at what he does. And so what we're going to do, we're going to end with a song. Chris is going to sing this. And I just encourage you guys just to sit and listen to it. All right? Um, the song is about how God sees us and how God loves us. All right? So just continue to listen for God even during this song. And then Rose will finish us up. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.